0: Good evening and welcome everybody. Uh, Steve, uh, we like your space suit uh, oh, and, your, and your hood. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm wearing my uh, Under Armour hoodie. You know, I was, you told go. It was, I was told it was patriotic at the store. Okay. <laughs> uh,
0: and then again, special guest tonight, Councilmember council member, Gary Bredefeld, we're gonna discuss a whole host of issues. Welcome council member. Oh, thanks for inviting me. Um, so we're just gonna, uh, we have a lot of issues to cover tonight from homelessness to crime to LA cargo issues to uh, city manager of the city of Fresno and uh, of course restaurant week um, and uh, whatever else is on the radar screen for these gentlemen. Okay, let's uh, drop uh, jump right into item number one. Uh, Fresno's homelessness is at, uh, estimated to be about 4,200 people. And that's about a 43% increase since the pandemic. That's a big jump in the homelessness that impacts all of us in the city. And obviously, we don't want homeless. We want folks that are have a home to live in, um, that have jobs, uh, meaningful life, and uh, opportunity uh, for a better future for themselves and their families. But, uh, but regardless of that, uh, um, what we want, the numbers are actually going up. Uh, Let me turn to Councilmember Bredefeld. Your thoughts on the the number of homeless um, since the pandemic being up over 40%?
2: Well, the fact is, like every other city throughout the the country, we have a problem. But California's got a worse problem because of the policies and laws that are enacted. Years ago, when you had some teeth in in the criminal laws prior to Prop 47 and 57, which reduced all uh, crimes down to misdemeanors, essentially, including drug crimes, Uh, you could hold that over the head of people who were drug addicted. Most of the people uh, out on the street have some kind of drug problem. It's estimated it's about 80%. Maybe it's more, maybe it's less that have a drug problem. We have in Fresno have spent a lot of money uh, creating new facilities for these folks to reside in, uh, hopefully to help them with The substance abuse issues that they have some of the mental health issues that they have and assist them in getting into more permanent shelter but uh, you're not going to be able to continue to just build and build and build Uh, you don't have the resources to do that and the bottom line is uh, unless people ultimately stop using drugs you can put them in uh, temporary shelters but they'll continue to use drugs. So I think uh, Fresno has done uh, a lot of good. You don't see as many homeless all over the place like you do in other cities. uh, Thanks to uh, the efforts of Mayor Dyer, we we got them off the highways. We saw them all over the highways. Uh, That has been removed. Some of them have now moved in other parts of the city. So we need to continue to address that. Uh, But we're far away from really solving the problem. And some of that is really gonna be where we have to change laws in order to make a long-term change uh, in dealing with the homeless.
0: Good point, uh, Mike. Any comments on that? And then we, uh, there's a question unrelated to homeless, but impacts Fresno, especially Northwest, which is Veterans Boulevard. But your response on the homeless, and then sure. we we'll dive into the next topic.
3: Look, um, now we're talking about a heart team, and it sounds really great. And I'm really grateful that there are people working very hard to find a compassionate way to deal with this. But the reality is, we don't until the state changes our laws. And we have a more, either a statewide mental health service system, we have the ability in the court system to say, okay, you can either go to jail or you can get a drug treatment. We can't mandate any of these interventions anymore. And until we can do that, it's all just a nice press conference. And I applaud everyone trying, we wanna be more compassionate, but this hands-off approach we've had during the pandemic, leaving people on the streets, it's cold at night. That's not compassionate. So I think we need to be a little more aggressive, frankly. I know maybe it makes me sound like a bad guy, I don't want these people out there stuck in addiction or stuck in hopelessness somebody's take care of them and we're already spending all this money doing a bunch of nothing maybe we should spend some of that money creating a statewide you know system uh that can finally address that
1: okay steve hey darius i want to throw in my two cents and i know that we're talking locally here i want to expand the conversation to statewide just for a moment um i think we're starting to see the indicators darius that this long-term strategy we've had for about a decade, which is called housing first, the housing first model is not working. Now I know that that's shocking and it's not popular to say that, but we have been putting people in hotels, taking homeless off the streets. The truth is we're getting more homeless. And I want I want the unfiltered uh, viewers tonight to understand simple, simple economics. If you subsidize something, you're going to get more of that thing, okay? So we have been putting, uh, we've been giving people housing, and so what's happening? More people want housing, so it's it's in the, at the end run. Is we're seeing an increase, a net increase of homelessness. We're seeing it here in our city. We're seeing it across the state of California. I I'm not saying I have all the answers, but California shifted to a housing first strategy about a decade ago. I know we did it under Mayor Schweringen here in the city of Fresno. And so I just wanna say, I personally don't think it's working. We need to start looking at other solutions uh, to get these people the help that they need. Okay. All right. Um, Any... any Gary, Gary, don't you have any comments? That's an excellent point I just made. I'm finally glad to have another conservative on the show. It's usually me against everybody. I mean, you subsidize something, you're gonna get more of that.
2: That's exactly right. And and that's why I was saying that you can't do this long-term because first of all, there's not uh, untold money uh, that the city has that it can continue to just build these facilities. And the bottom line is unless you are changing someone's lifestyle which means that they're not using drugs anymore, it doesn't matter that you uh, temporarily put them in a shelter they have to stop using drugs because that's an ongoing chronic problem that doesn't go away until it is actually addressed and the drug use stops. So uh, the majority of these folks have some mental issues, 80% probably drugs, and many of them have also some criminal backgrounds as well. So as Mike alluded to and I said, you have to change the laws in this state. Now, the problem is this state run by Uh, a lunatic by the name of Gavin Newsom, who's a complete radical, uh, only wants to support criminal behavior. That's why he dumped uh, 80,000 criminals from the prisons out in uh, to our communities. That's obviously not gonna help uh, the crime problem. It's not gonna help the homeless problem. Uh, So you have to bring common sense uh, back to addressing these problems. And it isn't just continuing to build uh, facilities for them.
0: Okay. All right, I'm gonna uh, jump on to our next topic. Uh, but before we go there, a- any update on um, Veterans Boulevard, Mike, Steve, Gary? Yeah, um, so I, I think
3: we've talked about, talked about veterans on this show a long time. Really what it is, it's, it's access for West Fresno for some of the oldest parts of the city to come into the rest of the city. It's a major infrastructure project. Now North Fresno's getting its section built. We got federal money for that and some money from high-speed rail. That's going to be built out by uh, within the next within the next year, but what about going all the way from Shaw down to you know Brantland, and with all this federal money coming down, infrastructure money. We know we pay a lot of taxes in the valley. We need as a city to apply for that money. So that's why I've actually introduced a bill uh, that we will discuss uh, at the next council meeting to enc- to basically encourage more than encourage uh, instruct the administration to apply for that federal money so we can complete Veterans Boulevard. And that way, the same way we had that opportunity for North Fresno, we get that opportunity for some of the oldest neighborhoods in South and West Fresno. So look out for that on on Thursday.
1: Okay, good. You know, Darius, that's that's something that, uh, you know, Veterans Boulevard is something, as you know, that uh, Fresno, City of Fresno has been working on uh, for, you know, several decades, actually. Uh, But really intensely, it started probably about eight years ago. And I'm glad that Mike is, um, you know, got his foot down on the gas pedal. I want the citizens of Fresno, especially those folks in West Fresno that I have represented for many years, I want them to know that good things are happening. Uh, If you've been out in that part of town, you can see the constructions underway. It's just a matter of time now uh, before that project's completed.
3: Yeah, and Steve and Phil Larson and so many others before me have really worked hard to ensure this gets done. Steve is right. It has been a long-running football game, and we finally ran it into the end zone, but the game's not over yet. We want to finish this, and we're going to do it together.
0: Well, it, it got on the books in 1983, if I remember correctly, and the current funding is down to Shaw, uh, not all the way down to uh, to uh, to Grantland yet. but. Uh, a bunch of folks, including private sector folks, on, are working on getting it uh, opened up to, you uh, know, south of Shaw all the way to Grantland. Hopefully, in the next uh, five years. Okay, let's move on. Uh, next item: uh, brazen thieves raid LA cargo containers. You guys are all hear about that? Uh, stolen boxes uh, along homeless encampments. Uh, this this was in uh, November, reported with the NBC4. Uh, in, in LA, in, in the trains near downtown LA.
1: Comments on that? Well, Gary just referenced our governor a few minutes ago and uh, called him a radical, I believe, a progressive radical. Okay. Yeah, I call him but, him a oh, okay. But uh, what's really interesting to me is even Governor Newsom knows that this is a big problem. And he started to admit that some things in California are not quite right. Uh, Two months ago, it was the the robberies happening in the East Bay, the Bay Area, they they jumped down to Southern California. We even finally experienced a little bit of it in Fresno, but uh, those smash and grab robberies. Now with the robberies of the trains in Southern California, we're starting to see uh, all of the results of uh, Prop AB 49, Prop 47, Um, And and so we're starting to see the results of all of these uh, bad legislation situations that have happened over the last uh, five or six years.
2: And you know know, uh, what what he's done, uh, being the the phony and the fraud that he is, he he went out to the train stations because it was all over the news. He uh, committed uh, millions of dollars to uh, district attorneys and police uh, officers to deal with smash and rob because it was all over the news. But he is solely uh, responsible for all of the crime waves throughout the state. As I said, he released about 80 to 90,000 criminals uh, from prison. These are hardcore uh, criminals, some of them murderers. You think they're sheltering in place as he mandates and tries to lock down everybody else. Uh, They've been doing that over the last year, a year and a half, of course not. Uh, When he was talking about it on TV, he said, these are gang of thieves. And then he thought, oh, I can't use the word gang. That's not appropriate. So he rescinded that. Uh, This is a guy who's pro-criminal and anti-victim. He doesn't help anybody uh, that's been victimized. And as a result of this, we have uh, women who are murdered when they're uh, graduate students working in a furniture store by criminals who shouldn't be out on the street, have rap sheets, uh, 10 pages long, And the fact is the state is unsafe. The fact is our city's unsafe uh, because of all the criminals, because of all the uh, weakening and watering down of laws throughout Sacramento, uh, which we keep alluding to, Prop 4757, that basically have taken all felonies and turned them into misdemeanors and misdemeanors into infractions. You know, you go walk into a store and steal $950 and you got to get escorted out. That's insanity. It's all insanity with a stock throughout the country as they see the uh, crime wave that comes across our city. We have Gascon, a district attorney in, in L.A. fraud and a George Soros uh, flunky, a puppet who basically lets all the criminals out and does nothing to help victims. And that's why we have the situation that we do. There's just no consequences for anything anymore. You do something good, you get
3: rewarded, you do something bad. You get rewarded in California. We can't have that. It doesn't work that way. You know, when you, and Gary's right, you are a college student working in a furniture store, and broad daylight, someone can come and shoot you when they shouldn't have been out there in the first place. That is a big failure. We can't have that. Uh, you know, there's nothing radical about supporting law and order, our basic norms. Kids and teachers should be feel safe to be in school. A worker should feel safe at a job. Customers should feel safe shopping. And we don't have that in California. And this is an opportunity for the governor to take leadership and really stand out amongst Democrats. And I hope he does that. But we'll see. I don't know. Uh, I just want to make sure that, you know, he is like Lisa Smith camp and is willing to stand up and not be a Republican or a Democrat, but fight to make sure vic- we have less victims in our community. She's really great at that. And I really, really appreciate the fact
2: that uh, I get to be your
3: council member. She's great.
2: Well, the, the problem, though, Mike, is, that, is the governor has come out and fully said he supports Prop 47 when they were doing the smash and robs, and he supported it when he was uh, in, in all of his elective office. So he is part of the problem. In fact, he is the problem because he's released these inmates and he supports all of this watered-down stuff. And when you talk about Lisa Camp, you're talking about courage, honest, bold, direct, no nonsense, straightforward. Uh, tough, uh, fair district attorney. Yep. And we are very blessed in Fresno County to have this this person who is willing to stand up uh, to all of the insanity at great peril to herself because she will be attacked. We all know that as we stand up and, and call out the nonsense and the insanity that you get attacked. She's been attacked. She's been called all kinds of names. Uh, and she puts away bad guys. And uh, to do what she's done, to come out national TV and, and speak truth about what's going on in this state uh, is uh, somebody I respect and admire. And we, as as her constituents, uh, should be very uh, glad that we have somebody like this instead of the uh, people like Gascogne and the other one in San Francisco. And you look at their cities and there's homeless everywhere. There's rampant drugs out on the street. They don't hide it. Uh, there's uh, defecation. There's filth. Uh, these are the result of uh, progressive, radical, insane policies uh, of, of the extreme left, and uh, that's not going to be here with uh, Councilmember Carbasi or myself or yeah. Supervisor Brandao, yeah. but it will be with other people that we serve with, certainly that I serve with on the City Council. So these are the things we have to fight. And uh, Lisa Smith Camp is calling out um, BS for BS.
1: Well, I'd like to, I'd like to even bring this situation home. Here locally, and and these two, um, Mike and Gary both understand this probably even better than I do, but about three weeks ago, the city of Fresno offered a tentative agreement to the Police Officers Association, their union, basically, and it was rejected. Now, why did they reject it? Because with the amount of workload that is on the streets of Fresno, these cops just have endless calls to get to, and it's just an overwhelming job, plus they've been um, bashed. Uh, here in California for several years now. And so they know their own value. And they said, no, we're not going to accept that offer. We're going to, we have to go back to the table. We need more to work on the streets of Fresno effectively. Uh, we need to pay our officers better. And I think they are on the brink of a new agreement, my understanding. And the officers held out. I think they're going to get a, a, a win by doing that. All of this comes as a result of too many criminals on the streets of California, too few police officers. Good point.
2: Well, I completely agree with it. I mean, you have to defend your law enforcement and support them with uh, real real support, not just mouth it. We have people who run for office who say they're pro-law enforcement uh, when they really aren't. We have people on the city council, I can assure you in, in private conversations and in closed sessions, uh, they speak the truth in terms of them not being truly pro-law enforcement. Uh, I can tell you, Mike is, a, is an unabashed supporter as I am I, and of course, Steve is as well and uh, they've been attacked. They've been attacked over the last two years uh, when all the rioting was taking place and we hear nothing but systemic racism and they're all racist and they're beating up people and, uh, and it's all a bunch of lies. The fact is the, our law enforcement, our heroes, putting on that uniform, that blue uniform, the men and women who do that, it's a dangerous job. It's a job I would not wanna do and uh, they do it and they do it every day and they do it at great risk to themselves and their families and their families have to suffer as well. And we support and love our law enforcement here in Fresno. And uh, I think our agreement, the agreement that the county reached uh, reflected that and the agreement that uh, we're likely to reach with uh, our officers is gonna reflect that as well.
0: Okay, all right, let's move on to the next item uh, because we're kind of running low on time. Uh, City manager of the city of Fresno resigned today. Uh, That's uh, Tommy Escueta who was with the city uh, several years ago for a long stint, came back and joined uh, Mayor uh, Dyer's administration as uh, administration as city manager and uh, resigned today. And we have uh, uh, Mrs. White, uh, Georgian White that uh, has replaced uh, Tommy. Uh, let, let me start with Mike and then go go to Gary and Steve on that comments. Uh, what can you tell us about what happened? Well, you know, I uh,
3: I was really surprised. Um, I think Tommy is a very passionate person. I really like Tommy. I'm going to miss him. I, I'm excited about Georgianne. I've enjoyed working with Georgianne, um, so I'll probably sit next to her uh, up on the dais. Um, and, but, you know, I think, and this is just my opinion, I, I think that the politics is very frustrating because when you're city manager, you have a job to do and you'll make your best effort and you want to build support, but Right now with city council, it's almost like things are kind of predetermined. So it's really difficult to deal with reason on the city council. And I get the frustration he must have had if that was his issue. But also there are a lot of rumors out there. I have never heard Tommy curse once in my life. And we've had some pretty uh, robust conversations. And I think it was reported that he cursed and something else happened. I can't talk about what happens in closed session, but I can tell you, I've never heard Tommy curse. Let me put it that way. So I don't want his uh, reputation be smirched. I mean, we all curse, I get it,
2: but that's, that's just
3: ridiculous. Well,
2: let you, yeah, let me tell you about Tommy Escada. First of all, one of the brightest people that I've, that I've met uh, experienced one of the uh, persons who's been most concerned about the taxpayer dollar takes it seriously. And uh, he was a phenomenal uh, city manager. Let me tell you what his frustrations were. His frustrations were watching city uh, city councilmen spend money like drunken sailors. They supported a PLA that mandated any big project that's over a million dollars Uh, now has to be a policy that he came before the council and spoke how that was going to be detrimental uh, to the taxpayers and creating jobs. Uh, The the majority of the council uh, did not care. Uh, He watched the uh, shakedown of Kyle Kyle Kirkland, one of the best businessmen we have in our city at club one by Tyler Maxwell and his corrupt gang of four. Uh, And he watched that. And as I fought against it and he didn't like any of it, And he witnessed that, and uh, that was a complete uh, disgusting thing for him as it was for me. He watched where the city council, the corrupt gang of four, attempted to give Saria's fiance millions of dollars that they didn't have to give. He witnessed that and saw that. And I think this is a guy who's uh, honest as the day is long and believes in protecting the taxpayer dollar. And I think there was some frustration in having to deal with these clowns, and he weighed do I want to continue to do this for the next three years or do I want to go to South Carolina or North Carolina where I've got my grandchild and I can live uh, in peace with my family. And I think he said, you know what, as much as I want to do good for the city of Fresno and trust me for a year, he did, he was phenomenal. He said, you know what, it's time for me to retire. As far as George Ann White coming in, I brought George George Ann White in some 20 some odd years ago as my chief of staff. And she's gone from that to a chief of staff for eight years with Mayor Autry, chief of staff with Ashley Swearingen for eight years, and then assistant city manager with uh, Mayor Dyer. This is a woman who's incredibly bright, incredibly experienced. I believe that I personally trained her to do all of that great work, I'm kidding. Uh, She's absolutely brilliant and she's gonna do great things just like Tommy was doing, I have no doubt. It's a great move by uh, Mayor Dyer to put her in that position.
1: Darius, I'll just jump in. I know these guys have been um, in the thick of it with Tommy as a city manager. Uh, when I was on city council, he served as the head of our water department, a very effective uh, department leader. I didn't get a chance to serve with him as city manager. Uh, I have nothing but great things to say about Tommy. Uh, from some of the news reports about his resignation, I know uh, GV Wire did a story, the Fresno Bee did a story. Um, there seemed to be a pent-up frustration. Gary and Mike both had talked about that. Uh, I can certainly understand that. I watched a brief segment of the council meeting uh, just a, a couple of weeks ago and um, council member Maxwell uh, tried to pull the shade structures. There's these great shade structures at an amphitheater at Woodward Park and they need to be uh, replaced. And uh, Tyler Maxwell said, no, we're gonna put that on the shelf. We don't need to address that. And I saw Tommy stand up on his own two feet much like uh, D.A. Smithcamp did. Um, on her interview and he said well you know this is an outside event that's what the CDC wants uh, people to spend more time outside these shade structures need to be replaced uh, councilman you know you think expect me to do this with all of our parks to shut down the amenities and all of our parks and so you know sometimes you pay a price when uh, you're willing to share what's really going on and I think there's just been a lot of people that have uh, uh, put extra pressure on Tommy so at the end of the day, I'm not surprised that he's leaving. It's a loss for the city of Fresno, uh, but, but Georgianne White will do an excellent job.
0: You bring up a good point, Steve, uh, about parks and, and the shade structures. So as I don't know if most of our viewers know, but uh, Measure P is actually collecting three-eighths of a cent, 3 cents sales tax starting last, uh, I believe it was July 1st. Uh, and there is a committee that meets, I believe it's once a month, to figure out how that money, which adds up to roughly $40 million a year is going to get spent in the city of Fresno. So I don't know if Mike or Gary have any insights to share on that. Uh, I, I understand those committees are meeting already. Uh, I don't know if it's an a, a, a appointment by council or the mayor. Anybody have any insights on the Measure P committee? I know, I know there was one like last night uh, on how this $40 million should get spent. We're going to talk about the Bredefeld rule, but I remember Gary and I,
3: um, we were really frustrated because you remember how those appointments were made, Gary, where they kind of just didn't really consult with us and kind of just, this is the District 2 appointment, or District 6 appointment. And that's kind of what we've been facing at City Hall, because like I said, you've got things that are predetermined, decided behind closed doors, which isn't the way it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be transparent with the public. And um, yes, technically they're appointed, but I guess each district gets a representative, the mayor gets a couple, but that's not really how it worked this last time around. Gary, you have any comments on that?
2: Well, let me, let me just say this about the committee. They, they are meeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully they can make only recommendations and it comes back to the city council. I'm, I'm not a fan of, of, of having this committee and as broad as it is, uh, and some of the, the powers that were instilled in them. Uh, but ultimately, it falls on the elected people, and that's as it should be. We should be determining how the money gets spent, where it gets spent, and we're the ones who are accountable to the public, and that's that's the way it should be. And we'll see. It's it's actually about thirty-seven million dollars. A lot of needs that that are there, but uh, we'll we'll see how how it unfolds. Okay.
0: Anything else on politics before we move to? some fun stuff to wrap up
1: the show on restaurant week. Oh yeah, Darius, I yeah. got to jump in. How can we have Councilman Bredefeld on and not talk about the new Bredefeld rule? Actually, it's about a year old. Um, when Gary was gonna um, follow you know, the, the usual thing for council is to rotate the council presidency. It happened the whole time I was at council. Uh, when it came up to be Gary's turn to become the vice president which leads to the presidency. They changed the rules and decided to do it by a vote rather than rotation. That was all done to silence him and to not allow him to become the council president. That happened last year. A lot of people are just finding out about it this year. GV Wire did a great article about it and, and I appreciate that. This year, our my other good friend, Mike Carbassi was the one penalized when they skipped over him. Mike should have been this year's vice president but that didn't happen as well. Now, I don't know next year, Mike, if they're going to try to block you from being the council president. You should be the council president next year. But of course, the council, uh, the gang, Gary calls them the gang of four, um, changed the rules. And so now Gary didn't get to serve. He's the only Republican on council. But that's not good enough. Now they penalized Mike Carbasi, a fellow Democrat. So this, these are the types of things, when you hear about Tommy Esqueda leaving and others, these are the types of things that happen at City Hall, and the public needs to hear about it. It's, it's really sad, uh, and so I would love Gary and Mike to, to talk about being skipped over. I mean, I know, Gary, I know you've got on the record, it's not the biggest thing to you, okay, right. but still, it's not right.
2: No, it's definitely not right. And uh, what you get to do as council president is interface more with the administration, which obviously I would like to do. Uh, but you have this corrupt gang of four, and I call them corrupt uh, not lightly. i pointed out a lot of corrupt things that they've been involved in, and we we could spend a whole show, show on that. And I'd be happy to have any of the four corrupt gang members come on anytime. Uh, but the fact is. Uh, they decided to bypass me because I call out uh, the nonsense and the insanity and the reckless spending that they do. And it's frankly Arias's, uh corruption, who's the, the the current gang leader there, uh, along with others. So they decided to change the rules so I couldn't be in that position. But you're right, Steve, that wasn't enough. Uh, now they've done it to Mike Corbassi because Mike doesn't play ball like they want him to. And so they have this, this foursome. Um, and it's very, very unfortunate. Very unfortunate. And I'm hoping that with the change next year, uh, whoever comes into District 1, because Soria thankfully will be gone, uh, that that will be somebody who is not uh, a part of that gang or that culture and will do the right thing.
3: Yeah, in fact, that was a direct question that you asked the candidates that are running for District 1, uh, what their thoughts were about that. Unfortunately, I think the only person that didn't respond was. Uh, the person I, I'm supporting, which is uh, um, Annalisa Perea, but I hope she does respond and, and, gets, and, and sets a position on this. Look, I get it. Um, like I said, things are kind of predetermined, but I've made this very clear. My job on the council is to represent my neighborhoods. That's my job. I did not support the rule change to take the vice presidency away from Gary. I did not. I'm not going to support the rule change to take the presidency away from him. There is no reason why Gary shouldn't be able to have a leadership position. Absolutely zero reason. It's just politics. And that's wrong. You know, this is supposed to be a nonpartisan office. And the message, I, I think I gave this to the media and I'll say it if my colleagues are watching now, there is nothing you can do to me to intimidate me. It's not going to work. I don't care if you say, well, you're a Democrat. No, none of that stuff. My job is to represent my district. My residents care about law and order. They care about safety. They're compassionate, but they're not fools. They will not be fooled by politicians and politics. And that's exactly what I said when I ran for office. It's exactly what I'm gonna do now. Um, And if that means I get punished, then so what? I'll be just fine. The point is my job is to take care of my district. That's what I'm gonna do and I'm gonna support Gary, if he wants to be council president, because there's absolutely no reason why he shouldn't be.
0: Okay, with that, <clears throat> we're going to move on to some fun stuff to wrap up. Um, restaurant week. Anybody dine out this last week? Uh, let's put on some of our slides. Uh, what's cooking in Fresno? Pappy's Mex Grill. M- Mike, Steve, or Gary, did you guys? Uh, take advantage of restaurant week. We have a lot of fantastic local restaurants.
1: Yeah, I've eaten, I've eaten, uh, despite the fact that I'm on a diet, I ate out at two great Fresno restaurants already this week. And so, uh, you know, I continue to do that and struggle with uh, losing weight. But uh, we have a lot of great places locally. Uh, I know one of the new ones that I tried not too long ago was a new uh, pizza place um, called Neso's fantastic pizza. And uh, the other places that I ate this week were tried and true, uh, Westwoods and some others. So um, we got a lot of great uh, places in Fresno and a lot of great restaurants coming online. Cool. Uh,
0: Mike or Gary, any any comments from you?
2: Well, I've eaten at uh, uh, Anesso's, uh, Spicy J, which is out in River Park. And even though it says Spicy J, I'm I'm not a big spicy person eating uh, spicy food. But they have uh, great uh, food that's more like uh, Chinese food and uh, shrimp and vegetables and all that kind of stuff, which I really, really enjoyed. So that's at a River Park. And then of course, uh, I was at Westwoods, And um, so great restaurants in Fresno, of course.
0: Yeah, we have a lot of great uh, local chefs and restaurateurs that do great work. Uh, OG's from the Tower District was uh, uh, showcased on ABC 30 uh, about a week ago. They fantastic uh, Italian cuisine on uh, Olive, and on, on south of Olive. And of course, we have a lot of great restaurants all over town. Um, so, and, and as the pandemic subsides, we're gonna, hopefully more of us will be enjoying uh, the local scene.
1: Uh, well, Glorious, our, our restaurants were really hit hard, especially in the first year of the pandemic, uh, when there was a lot of issues uh, allowing them to social distance and still try and serve food. They did, they went through a whole rigmarole and I'm very appreciative of those. They fought hard to keep their industry, their workers alive, uh, feeding and, and uh, feeding the population as much as possible. So I'm like you, now that, now that uh, COVID-19 is kind of fading and we hope that it fades completely, uh, but I'm really thankful for our local restaurant association and all those people that work so hard to uh, keep us fed awesome uh,
0: before we wrap up we have a comment from Michael Schwabenland about uh, directed uh, a question for Councilmember Krabasi mm-hmm. uh, the problem of 695 West Shaw let's do a quick yeah, a, sure. and, and then we'll wrap up
3: yeah Michael emailed me on Sunday night about this property um, it actually is in the county and we have sent it over to the county and as well as our fire department so we are going to take care of it he sent us lots of pictures it's, a, it's in terrible shape very dilapidated um it's something that we're working on
1: okay hey i i I can add to that because that's in my district uh in uh in fresno county i represent that area and so i'd like michael to know that we're very aware of it as a matter of fact i with my team drove by and took pictures of it today unfortunately michael and let everybody know this is a high visibility problem basically uh it's right across from uh, old fig garden shopping center And uh, it looks terrible. I agree with Michael completely. Michael, what we found out about it, it's bound up in the court system. We're gonna see if there's anything that we can do to put pressure on to move it forward quickly. Unfortunately, it's a private property issue. Uh, It's in the courts right now. Everybody knows it's a mess. And uh, I feel the same um, um, disgust when I drive by that property that you do, okay.
0: With that, we're going to go to closing uh, comments. We'll start with uh, Councilmember Bredefeld, and then uh, Super, uh, Supervisor Brandau and then uh, Councilmember Kerbasi to wrap wrap us up. Uh, Gary, any closing remarks?
2: Well, I, I, we hit on a number of things. Obviously, some of the most important things for people are the housing situation, the crime situation. Um, and i think we touched on you know having strong prosecution like we have a, a phenomenal district attorney here in Fresno County but her hands are tied too by the laws uh, she can only prosecute according to the law and uh, we, unless we change the laws unless we strengthen the laws unless we start going back to where we were 15 and 20 years ago with three strikes and you're out and we got tough and by the way when that happened crime went down our city became safer until we get to that place uh, until we enact real drug laws again that can hold uh, drug addicts accountable rather than they can just sit on a street or a, a corner or in a tent, uh, these, these problems are difficult to turn around. In the meantime, uh, people like uh, myself and Mike and Steve were are in office, we're going to hire more police officers and we're going to do the things we need to do to try to make things safe for people. But it is very difficult when your hands are tied and the laws are what the laws are. But that's no excuse. We still have a job to do and we take it very seriously. And I, I know Mayor Dyer is doing the very same thing. He's taking it very seriously. And this budget, we're going to add a lot of police officers. Uh, this budget, we're going to beef up our competitiveness for our department, our police department. And I believe our officers are gonna be the best paid uh, and the, uh, have the best resources available to them in the Central Valley once people see what the, what the contract is. Thank you, Gary. Steve.
1: Yeah, Darius. So my closing comments are, you know, I want to say ditto to what Gary just said. Uh, these major issues, I think we need to look ourselves uh, in the face. Uh, we need to look in the mirror uh, many times. A lot of these issues are society driven. Our society needs to go back to some of our fundamental principles and say, how are we going to treat the people um, that are on the low end of society? How, how are we going to improve their lives and really help them versus just give them a handout and not see anything for that. And I think we need to have some fundamental conversations. Uh, My other thought is in the next week or so, I would love to have a show on Unfiltered talking about the president. The president this week uh, called a Fox News reporter, a son of a bitch. If that would have happened under President Trump, you know, it would have been a big mess. It happened every week with Trump. (laughs) Yeah, no, Mike. (laughs) <laughs> it, here's my point, you you stumbled right into my point, Mike. It did happen under Trump. And every time it happened under Trump, we made a big deal of it, okay? Now, our president now is faltering with Ukraine and Russia. And now he's, he's saying these pejoratives against other people, very Trump-like in that sense. I just think we need to really examine what where we're going with this administration.
2: And one thing, Steve, that I can say before Mike goes, is you mentioned the president, You know we're about to send 8,500 troops uh, to Ukraine to defend their borders, but our borders at the Southern border are completely unmanned and our border patrol people are overwhelmed. And we have 2 million people coming across with drugs, with fentanyl, with sex trafficking, and Lord knows what else, and from all kinds of countries. And I just find it completely ironic and of course a complete hypocrite that Biden is, that he's willing to send our treasured men and women to defend Ukraine where most people don't even uh, care about that. And it may not even be in our interest, but we can't send them to defend our own borders. How disgusting. The man well, is- a,
1: Gary, he, I he totally agree. I agree 100%. Our border should get that kind of attention, okay? But we have a commitment to Ukraine. Ukraine is in NATO. They've been a faithful partner all throughout the Cold War, okay? and But here's the problem. Do we want- um, Underneath Joe Biden, do we want to send troops and see the same type of thing happen that happened in the exit of Afghanistan? I'm not sure this guy's capable of leading a true military um, adventure in the Ukraine or anywhere else in the world. So it's very nerve wracking.
2: What he should have done is taken the $80 billion of equipment he left in Afghanistan and given it to (laughs) Ukraine uh, rather than sending troops to to defend the border when our border is wide open. That's-
1: that's Maybe Mike, in his closing comments, will, get, will he get a chance to have him defend Joe Biden. <laughs> well, I
3: don't want to defend Joe Biden. I want to defend this country. And I, I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. I think the mistakes presidents have made is when they abandon our allies. And I do appreciate the fact that Joe Biden, or whoever would be president, is standing up to Vladimir Putin. We can't handle this aggression. And like Steve said, NATO is an ally. Every time we abandon our allies, whether historically it's been Iran or it's been another country and those countries fall, then we have to deal with, uh, you know, government that's against America. And we shouldn't do that. We did it in Egypt. We've done it in Iran. And I don't want that to happen in Ukraine. You, we've allowed Vladimir Putin. He's, he's not the president of the United States. He gets to go and take the Crimea. What's that all about? We shouldn't have stood for that back then. We can't stand for that now. I don't want any American lives lost. Don't get me wrong. But I respect the fact that he's finally standing up and showing some strength to Vladimir Putin. But I agree, Gary. I wish we had more security on our borders. I wish we had, you know, kept the drugs out, kept the human trafficking out. 100% right about that. But these are two separate issues. But um, on a lighter note, um, I'm sorry, guys. I know why you're so angry, because the best restaurants are in Council District 2. You don't have Max's, Gary. You don't have Cracked Pepper. I get why you're upset. I mean, I got the good stuff. So (laughs) And Steve, he's lucky. He's still in his district. So
2: maybe we'll go. And but by the way, by the way, Putin is not the guy we got to worry about. It's the guy in China.
3: <laughs> I agree. I agree. That, that, that too. Um, What I will say is this, though. See, folks watching tonight, look, Gary and I, I think we're both honored to serve on that council. It's 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 a headache sometimes, it's hectic, but we both take it seriously. We're from different parties. We joke around a lot. But the fact of the matter is we can work together. And that's how it works. We don't have to agree all the time. So what? There's so many shared values and there's shared issues we have in our districts that we're able to reach across the aisle and truly treat this in the nonpartisan fashion it's supposed to be. So it is doable. So anybody that thinks you can't work with Gary, it's a bunch of nonsense. It's just not true. I do it all the time and I'm happy to do it. Thank you, Mike. Sure, it's the truth. I mean, it's not really anything special, so.
0: Thank uh, thank you, Mike. Uh, That's great, actually. Uh, Working on a bipartisan level to get the job of the city and the county done. And if you're in Congress or the president, their, their job is to really get the, the job of the people of the United States done. And I really appreciate that sentiment. How do we, I mean, this is part of our Republic and part of our democracy. How do we work together, com, come to compromise and, and, and uh, drive results for the taxpayers and the residents and citizens of our, of our country? Uh, let me just say this, first of all, we're going to um, um, have District, District Attorney Lisa Camp on the show. We're working hard to get her on next week. It may not happen next week, but she has a lot to discuss with us. And uh, Steve, uh, Steve, your point is great to talk about uh, the White House and President Biden and, and the challenges there. Uh, I think the president's uh, approval rating is at a kind of all-time low in, in his uh, presidency over the last uh, you know, year, basically. Uh, and Gary, you're right. We need to worry about the leader of China uh, he can get us and the world into a lot of trouble. Um, but uh, if, if you're um, uh, Mr. Putin, you go, I'm just thinking, you, you, you go, you, if Ukraine becomes a really successful democracy and thriving economy, and it's right next door to us, it's going to create a lot of headaches uh, for, for, for Russia and Russia, the Russian government. And people in Russia are going to go, what the heck is going on? But we, we want some of that, too. But uh, those are complicated issues. We can probably, uh, we will at some point deal with that. And I hope that there is no war in Ukraine because just a threat of war. I mean, we see the kind of havoc that is wreaked on the stock markets all over the world, including uh, Russia's stock market. But anyhow, on behalf of all of us, thank you for watching tonight. Uh, We have a lot to be thankful for in our country. Uh, And yes, there's a lot of opportunity for improvements in our state. Uh, I hear it from my uh, Republican and Democrat friends that are sick and tired of getting broken into. Their businesses is getting broken into. Uh, crime rampant. Homelessness not addressed. These are the issues uh, that you know we lead, we look for to our state legislator and our governor uh, to, for solutions. We're the one of the highest, actually, I think the highest taxed and regulated state in the nation. Uh, and we need some results from our legislator and our governor to address some of these issues that's plaguing so many Californians. doesn't matter if you're Republican or Democrat or Independent. Your home gets broken into. You have uh, have security issues at your place of work. Uh, You're going to be thinking about who you're going to be voting for coming up soon. Anyhow, on that note, we hope to see all of you next Tuesday um, evening. Have a great week, and be safe. Take care.